Hey, Nelson, alcoholic addict. That's not my real name. That is the name I came up with as part of the witness relocation program uh, with the FBI. I'm just kidding. It's my pen name that I use here at LOL Sober. Uh, my youngest daughter is in second grade, and her elementary school has an awesome open-door policy about lunchtime. Parents can come in, have lunch with their kids anytime they want. You do it every day if you want to. Um, you come in, you get yourself a, <laughs> get yourself a little tray, and then you uh, get a little plate of uh, elementary school pizza or popcorn chicken or whatever else they're having. Um, yeah, it's elementary school cafeteria food, so, uh, you know, not exactly a five-star restaurant, but it's so much fun. You walk out into this sea of tiny voices, and the room is always so happy. There's, like, zero conversations about in-laws overstaying their welcome or upcoming layoffs at your job or inflation or anything else that might wreck an adult's day. It's kids talking about soccer practice and magic tricks and how to make slime in your lit dining room. <laughs> kids, kids these days, they don't just play with slime. They, they know how to make it, uh, I found out. So in other words, it's almost 100% joy with no living in the wreckage of your future or the wreckage of your past. It is just 20 minutes, 25 minutes of 108-year-olds being completely present and it is such a beautiful thing, and I'm so happy to have added it to my life. Uh, I try to do it at least once a week. But I was thinking about this because there's one kid who always has, he packs a lunch. And he always has some kind of pasta salad dish that his parents pack for him. And he spends the first 10 minutes of lunch every day just performing surgery on his lunch <laughs> like he is just he carefully sifts through the pasta salad and he pulls out every carrot and he pulls out every piece of little little piece of chopped broccoli and then every pea every <laughs> just everything he doesn't like and he makes a pile and at about the 11th minute when every part of his lunch that he doesn't like has been <laughs> clinically removed he devours the whole thing every single bite of what is left in there and I bring this up because I've been thinking a lot recently about some of the beautiful sober people that I've met over the years who've come into recovery and then they find one or two things they don't like and then they, they're gone. Some of them I've never seen again. I have no idea if they have figured out a way to drink or if they're muddling through life just managing their addiction issues um, or if they found maybe they found another way to get sober. I don't know. And maybe they're dead. I don't know. I don't know. As I write this, I can think of a few guys who I know did die of this disease. They came in and there was one thing that rubbed them the wrong way and they were like, peace out. And all because they didn't like such a small part of 12-step recovery. Um, and it's tragic. It is just so tragic. It's so unfortunate to see somebody let one little nitpick prevent them from getting into recovery but it happens all the time um and i think think of that kid picking out the things he doesn't like about his lunch then smashing the rest of it and i wish people could do that because <laughs> i that's what i've done i certainly have done this um i'm pretty open about certain things in 12-step recovery that are just not for me and they're for other people but not for me and that's okay that's great, actually. In meetings, I constantly hear people, including me sometimes, say that 
this is a program where you take what you want and you leave the rest. Seriously, recovery is a it's a buffet. You know, if you're older like me, it's it's Ponderosa or Cold Corral or someplace or the Wendy's Super Bar. Do you remember that? Wendy's Wendy's used to have a little buffet. You fill your plate and you leave everything else behind. You know, you pick up one thing, you walk past two others. Um, and to be more specific, uh, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, let me run through a list of things that have tripped me up in the past. One is God, religion, prayers, all of the stuff that feels a little bit religious. Uh, <laughs> so this is the number one thing I've heard in my sober time. It's bothered me before, for sure. I don't normally even say the Lord's Prayer at uh, meetings because I, I, I consider it a religious prayer, not a recovery prayer, and it's just not for me. And yeah, 12-step recovery programs, they use the word God a lot, and that used to bother me, but it doesn't anymore because I think, I think I've read so many parts of our program's literature and talked to so many people who do an awesome job of explaining that a higher power is whatever the fuck you want it to be. You know, it doesn't have to be the religion, you know, your parents shoved down your throat or anything else. You pick your selection. Uh, <laughs> it breaks my heart when I think about those three letters, G-O-D, making people run from the chance to change their lives for the better. Um, and if you stick around, you're going to find people that do not have a higher power that is a traditional higher power. Um, you'll find all different varieties. You latch onto those people. That's what I always say. Second thing, specific people, specific personalities uh, trip, trip, have tripped me up, and they trip a lot of other people. Like, surprise, there might be a person or three who make you roll your eyes at a meeting. And I found... 12-step recovery to be the most delightful batch of people in the freaking world. But of course, there's some people who are not my cup of tea. I'm not going not gonna to act high and mighty on this one because I've been sober for 14 years. And for that entire time, I have come and gone from meetings if there's a personality in there that I don't like. <laughs> it can be a little petty to ditch an entire meeting of 50 people because there's one clunker in the group, you know. <laughs> I try not to ever... I don't hate anybody who's trying to get sober. I don't hate. I, I just. I don't despise them. I don't badmouth them. I don't complain about them. I don't tell them they suck, um, <laughs> and I'm not mad about it. You know, I just find another meeting, and I actually I have talked many times on this newsletter. I like I like hunting and finding other meetings. I like to track down a new meeting. You know. I know people over the years who get hung up on one or two assholes and they throw out the baby with the bathwater, you know, and hell, they, they throw out the baby, the, the soap, the bathtub, the loofahs, even the loofahs, everything all thrown out the window because of one person that they don't like. They share too long or whatever. That's a shame. Uh, the third thing, um, the type of meeting. Uh, I've seen people who bail on recovery because the way a meeting is formatted, like, oh, there's too many old timers or there's too much reading or there's too too many people, too big of a meeting. Sometimes it's there's not enough people. I'm not going back. There's not enough people. That room was too small. Um, I've heard people say it's too clicky. I don't go, I'm not going to that meeting and I'm bailing on recovery and on and on and on. And 
Again, I have absolutely felt this way many, many times because I am sick of reading a specific book or I'm not in the mood for the format of the meeting. Um, for example, I was going to a few meetings a while ago where we read a step from the 12 and 12 every week. And after a year and a half of that, I had ended up reading each step maybe five, six, eight, ten, even 10 times in one year. And that was enough for me for a little while. Um, I'm sure I'll go back, but that was enough for uh, the time being. So I've been picking different meetings for a while to get a breather from the monotony of that same book. I also, you know, formats rub people the wrong way sometimes. I used to go to a popcorn style meeting where whoever shares picks the next person. And I didn't, I didn't like getting picked if I didn't want to share. And I didn't like not getting picked if I did want to share. Uh, guess what? There was no reason to bail on being sober. Uh, I just found other meetings where you could raise your hand and share if you wanted to. All right, I'll stop there. The reason this pains me so much is because I, it, that is the, that is not how I drank. I was not picky. I tried every combination humanly possible over and over and over again to be able to continue drinking. I specifically remember my freshman year of college, um, I should have worn a lab coat all year because I was doing some fucking serious science experiments. <laughs> beer before liquor, cheap beer, but then expensive liquor. And then I tried expensive beer and cheap liquor. Then I tried eating bread before I drank so I could drink more later, not be hungover. Then I tried drinking on an empty stomach so I could get drunker faster and save some money. I tried shotgunning two beers, then immediately smoking a cigarette. I tried everything to get the perfect high. Why won't I do that sometimes in sobriety? So I'm glad as of right now on January 10th, 2023, I'm, I'm in a headspace where I'm more like that kid in the cafeteria. I'm taking out all the vegetables, but I'm still enjoying a delicious lunch. Thanks for letting me share.